What's up, everybody? It's Lo, your host, and we have almost everybody back for the Vols ATB crew. We've got Brando slash Vol Scoops, his double alias there, and Drew. And we don't have Alex tonight. He's busy with finals. So it's just the three of us rocking and rolling. Um, pretty awesome weekend this past weekend. Vols swept Florida at Florida. Um, came close in game three, but still got the W. So let's go to Brando with his first thoughts. Yeah, obviously I'm going to start with a uh, game one. That uh, second inning of game one kind of, I feel like just kind of put the foot on the throat to Florida having seven inning score. Like the game, game one, our bats were extremely high. And part of it was Florida, like their infielding. I felt like their defense was pretty awful in game one and two. They were kind of, kind of getting nervous in their brand new stadium, I feel like. So that kind of, we took advantage of that. Uh, I thought our assistant coaches did great the first two games, kind of filling in for Tony. And then it was kind of ironic how the third game was like our hardest game, having Tony back. You would think all the energy would be there to, you know, go out there and stomp him. But we still prevailed, got the sweep on Florida. I think it was the first time they've been swamped by anyone there since like 2003, something ridiculous like that. But uh, obviously going to give a huge shout out to the Christian guys, Christian Scott and Moore. Uh, without them, we we're probably only winning two out of three there. But game one, an absolute domination. Game two was kind of close. And then game three, uh, I don't know about y'all, but I really didn't have a doubt. Everyone was kind of iffy when Drew Beam was kind of struggling there and saying, hey, it's not our night. But I just kept thinking back to Wright State and SEC games of last year with Arkansas and Vanderbilt. I'm like, well, we still got a chance. And what do you know? Christian Scott and Moore, they come out here, come clutch. Two-run home run and then the RBIs and Vols got the win and got the sweep. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge, huge series win. Not just win the series, but sweeping on the road again. Um, I mean, for the third consecutive time this year as well, you know, considering we swept Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. But I think, honestly, I really think this series win, this road sweep is even more impressive than the Vanderbilt and the Ole Miss, just considering that, like, we struggled. I mean, like, outside of, you know, that seven-run inning in the first game on Friday, we did we struggled offensively, like, a lot in that whole entire series, especially on Sunday. And just, I mean, in, in fact, as well, that like our best pitcher, Drew Beam, in my opinion, he's the best starting pitcher that we have on the team, that he had easily his worst game of the season. The fact that we still came back and not just one, but still scored six runs is just unbelievable. I mean, it's just, the, I, like, I feel like we're saying this every week, and like I feel like I'm repeating myself every single time we give a recap, but like this team just continues to amaze me week in and week out about, you know, just overcoming all these things. And, I mean, guys, I think we should honestly consider, you know, the conversation of this being one of the greatest college baseball teams of all time. I mean, y'all might say it might be too early, but, I mean, this team is unbelievable. The best start in SEC history, uh, you know, first team since 2006 to sweep a Florida team in Gainesville. It's just, I mean, just speechless. <laughs> That's a lot to say for someone who's speechless. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, no, I Drew, I know that we always well I we I always get over the top, but that's a super interesting take. I mean, this team really is phenomenal, but I still always have in the back of my head just battered vol syndrome and just being worried like I think they're so good and they have so much talent. And the swag, they really have everything they need, but I just really want them to win it all. And I would be really devastated if they didn't. But in baseball, like 
every game is can be super close. It really doesn't matter. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. But in terms of Friday, I, one thing that I really liked is that they started out hot pretty early. They got seven runs in the second inning. So I would say that's a pretty solid start. Um, I thought it was interesting how many pitches Florida had to throw each game in the series. Like in Friday's game, they threw 166. I feel like that's quite a bit. Um, game two, we threw 117, and they they threw 153. So I don't know what it was for game three. I didn't take time to look. But I just, you know, it's very obvious that we're still really good at bat, keeping the ball rolling. So can't really complain too much. Yeah. One shout out I forgot to mention, you know, Blade Tidwell, man, having his first start, like second or game two, having his first start in like forever coming in against the SEC opponent, you know, Florida's, you know, one of the top teams in the East. And that's just, you know, what you're saying for where the conference is right now, where the Vols are compared to everybody else. It's a big gap, but Florida's up there with the better teams in the conference and to go out there after, you know, all that injury and to come back and throw, you know, really solid innings. I think it was what, four or five solid innings, like, get that under your belt and you don't know what's going to happen when Dolander comes back next week. So if, you know, he's still projected, I think there was a, an article that came out, Tennessee has three projected top 100 picks in this year's like MLB draft, which is absolutely insane with Gilbert and Beck. So if you have Tidwell come back and wherever he is on the field and get to that draft capability and come back and have a, a season, that's a success in my mind alone. But of course it's right now. Uh, I think one of the commentators said, you know, we're doing this in April, but Tennessee has to do it in June and July when the, when it really matters going to Omaha or regionals. And that's true. But I feel like also this kind of game is perfect because I was in a bunch of group chats and after the, the beam struggle in Florida kind of got hot there, they're like, it's just not our night. And, you know, this sucks and I hate losing and stuff like that. But then you have them go through it and all that motion. You're down, you know, eight innings, nine innings, and then pick the bats up and get to work. Like no doubt in my mind, like I said, but a lot of people did. And to come out there and have a game like that where you can pick it up and not just be, you know, winning by 11 runs every single game, that's really, really big for a team that, you know, has to build confidence of who they can be and who can come up and compete with them day in and day out. Now, I really, I really think as well that, like, when we look back at this, like, season, when, you know, I'll just say, when we do wind up winning the College World Series, Thanks. that one moment where, you know, we knew that it would happen is that ninth inning where with two outs, we're down two runs, we managed to get guys on base and then just clutch hits, not just from Christian Moore in the ninth, but in the 11th inning as well, and then that clutch grab from Christian Scott at the very end as well. I mean, if there's going to be one moment that defines that season, it's that game right there. It's just just so impressive. There, I, I agree with that. I really like that. But I just think they've already faced, like, a ton of adversity in general too. I mean – they have had some injuries, and then with uh, Tony V getting thrown out um, and just having to deal with kind of a shitty hand in terms of umps from time to time and not getting to do their celebrations. Like, there's a lot of things. Oh, God, Brandon's already laughing over there. I'm oh, not going to talk any more shit about umps tonight. But um, I, am. I don't know. I just think that – They've really got it all, and, like, they're really good at overcoming adversity, but they still have to come out and put in the work every single game. And I don't know. I guess we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. It was a good weekend. 
Yeah, I think uh, this week we got what Auburn coming in last night. We handled Xavier ten to two. I didn't see that game, but I was working. But I saw there was a, a couple of dingers. You know, got the bats rolling there, which is key going into a, a big series this week. I have, I've heard a lot of high talk on Auburn, and uh, they're not a pushover, but I fully expect us to come in win two out of three. Um, I think it's impressive overall what Florida did do. You know, losing their starting pitcher coming in and throwing like three different guys. And then that guy, their third pitcher, he had a no-hitter on us, and, you know, like through like seven innings, like absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous until their closer came in. And it kind of was like Wright State to me because you went off like a walk-off and you extended to a walk-off, just like Wright State when they put their reliever in and he was kind of like feeling it. You kind of felt like that guy was kind of breaking, and then that dinger just kind of broke him down. So to go out there, kind of, you know, get a complacent win, go out there, get a good series in your belt and handle adversity uh, – Thank God we didn't ruin Tony's comeback moment because I know he talked about that. He was kind of like, man, what, what's going on here? Like, I come back and things get nervous. But all in all, really good series. And I think it's uh, time we do say that this team is easily the best in the country. Like, there's no doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, five-game lead in the conference. I think we're at, like, almost six and a half, almost seven-game lead in the SEC East. I mean. I think we lost Drew again. There's no way. Oh my gosh, we are just destined. It's like when all of us aren't here, we have technical difficulties. I, I swear. Oh yeah, it's always perfect because we even knew like this episode was just a wing. We'll be back. Yeah, in case anyone didn't know, we really didn't plan this episode at all. <laughs> I really had no. I mean, three weeks in a row, but who's counting? I know. Last week's is my, one of my favorites, man. He's back. <laughs> How do we rest? Drew clone live on the show. Dude, Wi-Fi is so bad. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> I like, like leaving clone Drew just up in the corner. I think that's hilarious. Is there still two of me now? Or no, it's- the other one. Oh, uh, right, right. <laughs> I can add a back Gosh. Oh, he, he left. Never mind. <laughs> Dang, it timed out. But I think you were getting that... Uh, being the best in the East and everything like that, Drew. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, five-game lead in conference among all teams, six-and-a-half-game lead in the SEC East. I mean, it's it, – it, there's no argument that we're not only the best team in the SEC, but the best team in the country. And like I said earlier, one, I mean, this team's going to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, college baseball team of all time. I'm more than certain of that. Going off of you um... – Saying that, I a couple weeks ago you mentioned like the odds for for the World Series winner. So I went and looked last night because I was like, should I? I guess I should go ahead and place a bet or something. And Tennessee's only at plus four fifty, but Texas is there at like plus a thousand. And do y'all th- who do y'all think would be the team that we absolutely have to be or could put us out of that? I know we're looking ahead, but fair question. I feel like. Honestly, I'll say Texas just because other than Texas, I have no sight. You know, I think everyone kind of had Ole Miss in the back of their mind coming in the year. And uh, both Mississippi State and Ole Miss, the two, like, touted teams in the SEC, have both fallen off drastically. Like, we don't even know if they'll make it to a regional. They probably won't at this point. So, I think a lot of people's, like, lists kind of have some down. But in today's game, where we're at, I've all been on Tennessee baseball. I haven't really been giving a care to any other baseball program in NCAA just because – you know, college baseball as a whole is still very unknown to a lot of people. So Tennessee being the one team, I just have no care for it. But I think if you do 
the one team that did beat us and did handle us was Texas. So you got to kind of give them a tip there. But other than that, like you haven't really heard of, I guess Miami this year, I've heard they're really, really good. So I guess my team would be Miami. But other than that, I don't really hear a lot of teams that are on our kind of level. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say Texas as well, just because, you know, they got our number this year. And I just think mentally from especially from last year and that last World Series game as well, that like there's just something that like like that they have like, over us. And so I think it's just more of a mental game that we would have to face and overcome. Um, but <laughs> it was that. What was that? What's going on here? One of our YouTube chatters, he told, he told you, Drew, get with the program. You stick to your stuff, Drew. That is so funny. You just... Well, you, know what, you know what? Larry, fuck off, all right? I didn't have to hear that. So now you got me in a mood. So unbelievable. No, I don't even know what I'm going to say anymore. I'm too pissed off now to even think. So thanks a lot, Larry. <laughs> Dude, Brando, that was freaking hilarious. Just don't do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> if, any, if any of our viewers do want to do like stuff like that, we have a YouTube chat on a ATB around the block on YouTube. You can feel free to chime in on that chat. But low you're saying, I don't like that. <laughs> I know. I'm just nervous, of like what what might possibly come up. But I guess Brando could moderate it. Yeah, for sure. That's fun. Yeah, I kind of like it. Drew, you're just mad because you got smoked. It's bullshit. <laughs> I was in the middle of like talking and then like, you know, just have you know talking about kids, our competition, you know. who's going to beat us, who has a chance. Yeah, I mean, like Texas has probably got our number and Oregon State's a really good team. And as far as Ole Miss goes, they, they're probably not even going to make the conference tournament. They're dead last in the West. So they might not even make the SEC tournament. All good points. I was get obviously I led in with Texas. So I was just also going to say Texas. And I just don't know. Here's the thing. I do think we're better than Texas. I just don't know why we can't figure it out against them. I mean, last year and earlier this season, I'm really not sure what's going on. But hopefully, if that happens, we'll figure it out. Uh, I guess when I think about us, I kind of think about, you know, another team. Like, you kind of think about teams from last year. Like, thinking about us, like, we're about to go back to back. If we do go back to back, like, a lot of teams don't do that. And then if you think about our COVID year where we started out 16 and 0, like Tennessee has the possibility under their belt to go to like back to back three, you know, Omaha's or three regionals, like making three postseason, you know, appearances. So I kind of think about teams like last year, but you think of that and you're like Vanderbilt's one. They're falling off completely this year. You think of Arizona, their coach got poached by LSU. LSU hasn't been really doing anything this year either in baseball. Think of like a team like NC State. I have no idea where they're at this year. And they were in Omaha last year. Uh, Virginia is probably a good team in the SEC or ACC up there with Miami. But other than that, like you think of like last year and I think about Tennessee, like who's really in baseball consistently doing what we're doing, you know, going regionals and reloading your roster and having like three pitches in like year three, three pitchers that could easily be, you know, top five, top, you know, five round draft picks. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. You're going out there throwing rotations in like I think of other teams, but I really can't like Tennessee is just dominating college baseball. Fully agree. Um, so I assume that y'all think we host super regionals again this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. That'll be fun. I hope I get to go again. <laughs> I mean, it'll be fun for us, but if you're another team, like why would you want to come? Like you're not going to want to come to Knoxville and play in that environment. Like you think it's nasty in an SEC conference game right now. 
go back and look at Wright State, like all those people that stayed in that in that like stadium, you know, into the ninth inning, down four or down three, and you know, two outs, and you hit a grand slam. Like people believe in this team, and our fans are going to show up. And if we're hosting it, I just feel bad for like any team that does have to come to Knoxville and play because it's going to be awful for them. You know, it's crazy to think that uh, Georgia Southern is predicted to host a regional tournament, which is wild considering we, you know, beat them like 15,000 to zero at the start of the year. So, yeah, there, there's not a team in the world that, like, I'm worried about. We could play the Atlanta Braves, and I'm pretty sure we'd beat them. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. Wall Twitter is going to come at you. You know how many other Braves fans? Yeah, I, know, I was there at Game 5 of the World Series. Tell them to come at me. I'd be more than happy to. So, they're eye not for an eye. Game. Drew has seen both the teams, and he's going with Vols baseball. At, right now, absolutely. As If that's going to happen, let's please do it on YouTube so we can display it all. Because I would love to see all that. Oh, yeah, I would love the comments for that. This we man, have Euros double-doubling and Vols better than the Braves. I've heard it all from this man, Drew. This is crazy. And look how close I was with the Euros double-double twice, by the way. Not only the Kentucky game, but the Michigan game as well. He went nine for nine on both those games. So it's going to happen eventually. And I'm going to look like a genius, by the way. So true. That's close, but no cigar. Who cares? He got almost got it. I mean, like that basically, especially him. I mean, I feel like that's at least enough credit at that point. So, buddy. All right. I guess if we want to speak on Euros, we can kind of hop into the Vols basketball side of things. Like, we lost, I guess, the breaking news like 20 minutes ago was we lost another guy to the portal in Justin Powell, which I guess, you know, if he was to live up to the hype, we'd all be upset about it. But we all know and saw what we saw this year from Justin Powell, and he never really got it together with this program. And I feel like a lot of that had to do, I've spoken on a lot during the season, but adapting to the defense and using it to help you in offense, I feel like he never kind of fit Rick Barnes' like play style. And, you know, to see that kind of just come here, you come from Auburn, like a school where everyone's kind of thinking about Pearl and, you know, the existence there. And you're like, oh, we just stole one of his best players. And then to come here and kind of not pan out, it's like a it's a shame. But at the same time, it's a, a really, really not a, not a big loss at all. And you can go add a valuable depth. We did land Tyreek Key, which is like a huge, huge pickup. I wanted to get you guys thoughts on that, because now if we landed a guy like Tyreek, I wonder who they can go get at the shooting guard position. Like there's that Kansas State guy. Averaging like however many points, ridiculous. Like if you can get involved there, like you could reload this team easy. Yeah, I mean, I think Tariq, he was a big get. Um, you know, he averaged 17 points a game um, a couple of years ago. You know, he was out last year because of a knee injury. But, you know, 17.2 points a game, five rebounds, two assists. You know, and I was looking up his stats earlier today as well. Like and he was scoring like, you know, a high number of points against some really good teams like, you know, he scored 21 against Dayton a few years ago when that Dayton team was considered to be a Final Four favorite, you know, honestly quite a – yeah. I mean, you know, num- and scored 20 against Louisville, who that same year was a top-10 team. And even during the COVID year, he dropped, you know, 18, 19 points against Purdue on the road. So, like, it's not like he's scoring against inferior competition. Like, he's going to get up against a lot of these top-10, top-25 teams that Indiana State only faces a couple times a year anyway and still, you know, plays decent basketball. So – now I think it'd be good just to have more seniors in the lineup, have that, like, you know, just type of, like, players, you know, where they play the college game and everything. And it sucks about Justin Powell. I mean, just to lose any player in general at this point because I feel like we're losing a player every week. But uh, it was a good get, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't really – if you heard me 
talk about this previously. I never really thought Justin Powell was a great get to begin with. Um, that was not being an asshole to him. Good comment, Larry. Um, <laughs> um, I don't really, I'm not bothered by him leaving. I hope he like has success wherever he goes. I'm not trying to be an ass or anything. It's just, I didn't think he was good enough for what we had at the time to like get a solid amount of playing time. But it's interesting that he's leaving now after we've had all of these people like leave or KC go and all of that. So I wonder if he's just not happy or thinks he could do better in a different system or whatever. All of that's obviously speculation. I have no idea, but in my opinion, what that tells me is that the Vols are probably expecting uh, Vescovy to come back. And then if you're going to be smart about it, you're opening up that spot to go and get a second guy that can actually contribute a shooting guard. Because if you're going to go out there and roll Vescovy out there, who we all saw what happened, like we all love Vescovy, but, or Vescovy, whatever the fuck. But we all saw Vescovy, uh, what happened, you know, later in the tournament as we played Michigan. Like they absolutely locked him down. And, you know, he's not going to be able to go out there like he did all SEC play drop 20 points by himself like he needs another guy at that position that can come in and get you like five to seven to, to ten points a game or contribute get some assists or some rebounds and go out there and shoot the ball like if you're telling me we got Justin Powell coming in after Vescovy after watching the Michigan game and you know me being a guy that goes back and sees that on highlights like I just wouldn't be confident at that position after losing KC and also you know potentially losing to Triple J but he's probably going to come back anyway too. I just think with, like, some players like Justin Powell, like, they just – he didn't fit, like, under Rick Barnes' system, you know. And he showed flashes in Bruce Pearl, but, like, you know, it felt like when you were watching him that he was, like, a half a step slower than everyone else out there, especially defensively. I mean, my God, like, no disrespect to the kid, but he was more of a liability on de defense than Victor Bailey, and that's saying something, too. Like, but, you know, I mean, he's just – he just never – it doesn't seem like he ever fit in the system, kind of like how Huntley Hatfield never did as well. And he's a talented player, and I think, like, he will find a program where, you know, that he'll fit in more perfectly and be efficient. But uh, I don't I don't think it's a big of a loss, and I think it's like what Brando says. I think it's just indication that the Scobie's going to come back, and we may potentially even be getting someone else in the portal as well. Speaking on that, um, one of our – well, Brando just, I was going to say, I hope Brando didn't dip out because I was about to ask him a question. Uh, okay. Someone said you have to enter the portal before May 1st, I believe, to be eligible next season. Is that true? Yes. So for all sports in the NCAA, you have to enter the portal before May 1st to transfer out. You cannot um, transfer out of conference. You can't transfer in conference uh, no longer, but... If you're a grad transfer, you can still transfer in conference and you can enter after, but or you can stay in, but you don't have to decide where you're going before May 1st. You just have to enter before May 1st. So it's kind of a loophole around it. Like you can sit in there for as long as you want before the season starts up until probably like August or something and uh, find you a new school. But if you're a grad transfer, and that kind of goes bolting in with football and our portal stuff, like uh, grad transfers, if they enter from like say Alabama or Florida, like we could go out there and pursue them, which I think is really, really key because if you're a Tennessee team, you probably, you know, Rick Barnes, he's going to want a guy with experience more than likely. So, Absolutely. Thank you for answering that because all of this stuff gets so confusing. I mean, for me and everyone else, and it seems like it's always changing. So, <laughs> Yeah, you have no idea what's going on, which I think uh, also 
like the NCAA kind of touched on that today. Like they were having their first meeting about their new rules and establishing like NIL and what their involvement and stuff is going to be like that, which uh, I think it's going to pretty much be like close to nothing. It sounds like everything they're doing is going to the conferences and to like just teams in general, the schools in general, which could be smart for like a team like Tennessee when you look at football and basketball and allegations and the whole tampering ordeal with all the college sports with any other team. But like that stuff's going to be key. So if you can just go in there and kind of do your own thing and, you know, do benefit off NIL, I think that'll be key. 100%. Speaking of the NIL benefiting, have you seen all of these ridiculous tweets from Florida fans and everyone else about, wow, Tennessee's just throwing all that money? Like, yeah, no shit. Maybe y'all should start doing it. I think Florida fans are mad because in football, the former Vol commit, Daryl Jackson, D-line, he just got poached from Florida by, by, by fucking Miami. And, like, Mario Cristobal is out here actually stealing. Like, everyone that Florida goes after, he's going out here in Miami and just taking him for soul. So I think a lot of that's at us after the whole baseball ordeal. And we didn't even talk about it, but the whole, like, wearing the helmet thing, I kind of want to touch on that, too, because that was fucking hilarious. But – um I think that has to do a lot with, you know, the whole Miami thing. And in Tennessee, you look at that and Trayon Webb, like there's a lot of guys, uh, Tony Mitchell, there's a lot of guys where Tennessee's after their top targets. And they're kind of seeing last year, like in the first year head coaching thing, you can't just go out and get anybody you want. You got to go out there on the field and prove it. So like they're all kind of salty about what's going on. I think it was something like Miami offered this kid $75,000 to come to play in Miami and NIL money which is absolutely ridiculous because he wasn't like that big of a factor where he was at Maryland. Like he was a freshman year and I think he had like 10 tackles and you transfer out, go to the SEC and you're making 75 K and these Florida Gator fans are just full on fair, get furious. It's absolutely like crazy. They're just pissed that we got all that pilot and dish network money. I mean, honestly, so who cares though? I mean, give these kids 15, $20 million if it means they'll come here. I couldn't care less. So get them paid. Fuck it. Yeah. As long as we win, I really don't give a shit. Yeah, we don't we don't need another episode of Pruitt where we're, you know, bribing these kids and losing to Georgia State and Vanderbilt by twenty five. Like we don't need that. Just just win and then you get what you deserve. I mean it's just it's easy as that. We also oh go ahead. I was gonna say like we also it's like key to have like now we have our state behind us, which Larry, you know, another good point by Larry here. Well, the fact that Tennessee's passed a law to help schools in NIL Collective. <laughs> Drew and Larry, you know, you have to get used I, to it. I hate this new thing that we have, by the way. I hate it for the passion. <laughs> Man, but I think that does, you know, bode well, because I think down there with, like, the saying this, I think they're actually against NIL and, like, the funding of what Florida's doing and, like, the kind of pot they're putting in. And then you got Tennessee, who's now passed the NIL with their collective, and you already know that Spire is, like, you know, hopeful goal is you know, upwards of 25, 30 million. And that's the least they want to raise. Like, they want to get up to 50 to a hundred million dollars eventually. And, you know, with like the, all the TV contracts and the new conference, like motion and college football teams moving out and joining new conferences, especially this year, what we saw like with the big 12 and big 10 and all that, I think like, you never know, like this money thing, like it could easily skyrocket, like they're their own little club. And who even knows, like, it's just absolutely crazy. And that has to bode well with like the guys, you know, we're going to jump into it later, but the guys were getting on campus just because not only of what our staff did year one, but obviously Spire and the, and the motion with that and the state laws, it definitely does benefit. So I can see why Gator fans and all like are mad, but 
honestly, you got to pipe down. I mean, baseball, you know, is it your thing? You kind of went to a World Series five years ago. We just swept you there. Football, you're in a first-year head coach, and you're kind of getting out-recruited by everyone and seeing what we dealt with in year one. You just got to play the process and rebuild. Like, understand that you're not elite. You're not elite. Your basketball team, baseball, football, it's just not there anymore, and you got you to rebuild it. It takes time. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, I mean, we kept on beating, you know, old Mikey White in his size medium shirt so much to the point that he bolted Athens, you know, and their basketball programs and just shambles. We whipped their freaking f- baseball program like a redhead stepchild. And now we're after them for football. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I'd be pissed off too if I was Florida fans. It's totally understandable, you know. So I totally get it, but uh, there's there's not a damn thing they can do about it either. All right, I finally agree with Larry on something. Over there, so. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I'm just so, okay. I know that we are labeled like classless, but honestly, Florida has some very classless fans. Like, let's get real. And we do have a lot of idiots that make us look kind of embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. But here's my thing. We, we absolutely deserve this climb back up to the top. And if we're willing to shell out $100 million, then y'all just need to get your asses going because, I mean, money talks. You know Sounds like they need to go to their state capital and get some bills passed. I mean, <laughs> True. You know, I would start in one place, though. And if you're a state-of-the-art program like Florida that you claim to be with your whole you know, medical field and everything that's beneficial to your school, and you just built $60 million worth of a baseball stadium, and you don't want teams making a joke out of you. I advise you to build a victor, like a visitor bathroom and shower room in your baseball facility so you don't have a baseball team traveling to your football field and putting on your helmets that they wore in 2016 when they got beat in Neyland Stadium. So embarrassing. Just, just, just Not, it didn't happen to my athletic programs. And we, and we talk about we're talking about you know Florida fans being emotional and upset about something. College baseball players that have no effect on college football went out there and swept you, and because they put on a helmet, you directed to a thing that's six months later. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is fucking hilarious. Right yeah. I'm feeling it today because it was absolutely yeah. crazy, man. It was, it was well, stupid. I thought that was kind of crazy. You looked under, like, the Florida Rivals guy and, like, everyone, like, commenting on our stuff, like, even on our Vols ATB post, like, what's the point of this? Why, like, why, why are you having fun with it? Like, there is no point. Like, you're literally getting salty about it for no reason. I just found that hilarious. That's the thing that's the thing as well, though. It's like if you think that like we're obnoxious just on this baseball team with the swagger they have. Imagine when we're good at football game again and they have this swagger. We would be the most unbearable fan base in the world. I mean, the world. And not to I, can't you wait off, for it. I want everyone to hate us. I love it. I do too. I can't. I'm so hyped up for all of it. This whole entire athletic program is going to stomp the shit out of everyone. And I think we're only like. Five years, six years away, maximum, honestly. We're climbing pretty quickly, but I feel something big is going to happen. And I want everyone to hate us. I don't give a shit. That's why we're the greatest fan base, because we don't care. We just wear it and own it. Larry also chiming in. I don't know if y'all heard, uh, on Sports Animal 99.1, Josh Heifel was on there with Jason Swain. He was on there with Jason Swain, and uh, he said uh, he was asked about what they did in the, the whole helmet fiasco thing. And he said, I mean, if I was them, I would have took a crown and just drove all over. I don't give a crap. Like, that was uh, the word from our head football coach. And I feel like to have a football coach like that, like, obviously, 
as you know, just to go on a, a podcast and just, you know, understand the whole Florida thing. You know, he was at UCF, so Florida was always a rival to him there. And then to come here and understand how serious it is, like a guy that's, you know, a coach here that doesn't just come here and take like our rivals lightly. He's like one of us and kind of understood that. So I kind of thought that was a, a really, really cool part. And I think everyone's right. Like we're on the way back to destiny. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, building a dynasty of all sports and, you know, getting football started, like having a year going eight and four, nine and three, like that's been my prediction from the start for this year. And I think it's easily achievable with what's coming in and, you know, how to do that. But if you can go out there, go nine and three, and then, you know, beat Florida in, uh, in Neyland, like talk about them already being down bad. Like I feel like we could literally make them our, our children. I'll I'll go to prison if uh if we beat Florida in September. I like there's no doubt I'm going to fail that night. Oh, absolutely. I've been waiting for this moment like for years. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I just love that Hypel's like literally one of us uh, with that comment because you know you were not going to get that comment from like Pruitt or Butch. You know, Butch oh, would probably be talking about how we need to have some positive energy vampires, and then Pruitt is probably shitting on about how awful of a football team we are, and that you know Garantano has to get it together, even though. He's still our quarterback. So, well, you know, we're not a good football team, so we can't, you know, think about what the baseball team's doing because we got to do better on the on the gridiron, okay? So, I just love the hype one of us. <laughs> he is the most one of us of any coach I've seen in a long time. Well, I mean, Tony Vitello obviously is, but football-wise, I mean, he is amazing. Goalposts will be in the river again. I hope so. You know, with the amount of time that Larry's been commenting, maybe we should just have him on the show. I mean, seriously. I mean, he should be a special guest at this point. He's like the only guy that <laughs> no comments on our YouTube feed. <laughs> like, it's absolutely crazy. But I think that's kind of funny to say that in the river because, like, I uh, finally got to watch in uh, Busting with the Boys with Coach Hype. And I feel like Hype was, like, you know, and a lot of the stuff, he was, like, really well-rounded. But it was, like, hilarious him hearing him talk about the old Miss game. Like, he was like, yeah, some of their guys, you know, they had a dehydration issue, guys. It was, you know, it's – a thing that happens, you know, just kind of throwing fun at it. And then he couldn't speak on stuff. And then Taylor and Will would kind of throw the joke out there and say what he wanted to say. And he's like, yeah, I mean, that kind of sounds about right. I'll, I guess you could say that without saying too much. I thought that was hilarious. But he kind of pointed out at the Vol Navy and, like, what could happen when this fan base and, like, how he never wants it to change. But I think it's key because with, you know, the AD and the school and the chancellor put out and then to have our football coach be like, nah, keep doing it. Like, go out there and do it. And to hear him talk about uh, how much he raves about Vol Navy and then turning that corner and hitting the Vol Walk and the whole thing. Like, if you're a recruit and you hear that kind of stuff and you're, like, watching YouTube and social media, man, I'd be absolutely fired up hearing a coach speak like that, man. It's just great to hear. Well, and how fucking awesome is it to have him on all of these, like, the most popular things that we all listen to, and he's just shooting the shit with all of them, like, holding his own. I think it's so fantastic. I mean, again, I just imagine Drew impersonating Pruitt, talking about, like, mustard and McDonald's and shitty well, football. Well, I mean, it was not nice to throw that mustard, you know. And I've coached a lot of places, and Tennessee's great, but it's no University of Alabama, okay? You know, there's nothing like that Crimson Tide. Like, you know, he would have immediately said some shit, like, nonsense like that. Like, <laughs> God, I hate, I hate his guts so much. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Somewhere that man is in New York 
or wherever the fuck he is now because you know he lost that job there i think too with the giants i'm i don't even know where he is or how he's even holding the job somewhere he's there right now looking on 24 7 looking on the rivals composite seeing tennessee on on three with a top five class on rivals with a top 10 on 24 7 with a top 10 you got the number three quarterback current ranked quarterback in the nation you got one of the top tight ends you got receivers you know coming your way you know your visit list you know are talked about as like one of the most biggest visit list in year two for a coach and this man yeah he had some COVID that you know blocked him from doing what he could have done but at the same time I feel like you know for that guy how we raved about him being the biggest recruiter like it's crazy what hype was already coming here in year two and 2023 and he's already bringing in like probably the best list this school seen in 20 years like it's absolutely ridiculous when you think about Memorial Day weekend and on top of the guys we just got like we just got a commitment you know yesterday from four-star safety top 10 safety in the nation Sylvester Smith and that kid's from Munford, Alabama. So you go in there in the Pruitt's territory and the Saban's territory in Alabama, and you take one of the top players in their state who was like I went on uh, 24-7 and a lot of other boards, and LSU, Georgia, and Bama were all like calling this kid to hold off and not go forward with this commitment, and this kid wanted to be a Vol. So you go into Bama, take a top 10 safety in the nation, I think on rivals, like top 60 player in the country overall. Like you just got a, a talented, talented player, and, you know, year two, I keep talking about year two. You're going in there year two, and you're still in these guys. Like, it's crazy. Year two, we're getting five-star recruits. Year two, Perutz losing to Georgia State at home. It's unbelievable. It's oh unbelievable. God. I was going to say, you know, like, he's probably not even looking at our, like, our rankings. He's probably trying to still figure out what exactly is a bagel, you know, over there in New York. Probably, like, where's the biscuit? Why is this, why is this, you know, bread have a hole in the middle of it? I've never seen anything in my life. Like, you know, he's still probably trying to figure out how to get to work, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, bless his heart. He probably has an idea of 85. No that, that man, That man follows one Vols account and his Vols picks for his agenda and seeing the updated death chart for every week that he drops about hype can't recruit and then all these other things. I just think it's funny how, like, they've all gone silent. Like, everyone that did criticize him has gone silent. And then yesterday, like, you land that recruit. I saw a couple memes where it was like, Hypo can't recruit, da, 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 da. and it's like one one corner is like a UCF fan, the other things like a Pruitt stand. One corner is Vol picks the logo, and the other person is just like other SEC fans. It's all like Hypo can't recruit, and then it's just Hypo on the train saying Hypo goes brr. Like this man's out here doing his best. He's going, like y'all said, he's going public with it, you know, doing his best thing. And then, you know, he's on busting with the boys and full on Jordan ones, checked out Jordan suit, Vols gear. Like the guy's just living his best life. And, you know, when we hired this guy, he was like, oh, he has no energy. His players hate him. He can't recruit. He can't do all that. But it sounds like to me, he just never had the tools he wanted to have. And you got your AD, like he mentioned with busting in the boys. Like it's so easy for you to do it when you have the right people around you. And you got your AD, your chance to like everyone wants you to do what you're doing and is okay with what you're doing. And then on top of that, now you got Spire. It's like absolutely crazy in two years, the, the shift that's made. I know we kind of like jumped all fucking around, but damn, like Tennessee athletics, I always talk about it. Like, it's just crazy what we're doing overall. It's impressive he wears Jordans. I would never wear those in a million years. So he's got much. Really? Oh, no, dude, bro. I'm like cowboy boots and that's it. Like, that's it. I'm country. I I respect the drip for hype. I I never would have saw for Josh Hype being a guy from North Dakota. And I know like he kind of grew up in like the early, early days of college football, like 2000 and all that. I never would have thought that hype, you know, knowing all I did about him when I saw him first walk out for a ball walk, full dripped out in a fucking jumpsuit and some Jordan ones. This man is dripping, man. I feel like that's like the players got to love that. Like all the kids that come from, you know, this fucking day and age, at least me, 
being 21, like I feel like a lot of those kids gotta love it. Can you imagine Pruitt wearing Jordans? <laughs> oh, no. I can Pruitt would pa- wear a pair of Pruitt New Balances and nothing else. <laughs> this man would not even put on a pair of Pumas. Oh god. I can just Shit. see him in some crocs though. We've come so far in two years, it's amazing. <laughs> I still stand by like the idea that Pruitt was like a fucking setup, just a full on setup. I would, you know, I would probably agree with that because the first thing that man did was like shit on our fan base for only having like 50,000 at the spring game. He's like, these fans need to show up. Like, you know, it's like we want a game type environment. It's like, bro, you have like, like half the stadium fi- like filled up. Like, how are you going to like complain about only 50,000 people showing up at? practically a glorified practice i mean just ridiculous well and on top of that like he of course chooses bottom of the barrel mcdonald's bags like i can't think of anything that except family dollar this this man he literally went into recruits in state's houses and would tell them that they're not good enough to play at tennessee like isn't that not crazy to tell kids in tennessee that you're not their first priority and then you get bringing a coach and Josh Heupel, who's had more in-state recruits this year right now alone in like three months into the class than the last two classes combined. And one of those classes was his. But I think even in Pruitt's like last two, I think he has even more there. And like the, the value of in-state and then on top of that, going out there and like out recruiting this man who brought in like guys like, you know, had to pay players like illegally, illegally pay players whenever in his time, you know, whatever, allegedly. But you know, go uh, go get guys that end up going like going to schools and transferring out to go to Alabama, and then you can bring in a guy that just wants to buy in your culture and they want to come to Tennessee. Like obviously, time will tell how how it factors in two years from now with Heupel. But I feel like uh, energy wise and approachment wise and everything else, like how they're doing it and how they're managing it and promoting it with the fan base, like you never saw this involvement ever with Jeremy Pruitt. And I know we always mention fucking Jeremy Pruitt, but it's like just crazy, like what we had, like. It's honestly crazy. It's, I feel like it set us back so long. It's a good reminder for all of us. Like, for all the progress that we have made, we have to remind ourselves of all of the turmoil, turmoil, shenanigans, bullshit that we've had to deal with for the last 10 years. This is a guy that didn't want to recruit players because they had diabetes. I mean, like, the guy's just an idiot. Like, this is a complete moron. I mean, there, there's no other way to put it. But Dick, he probably had diabetes. Like, honestly. Probably, yeah, definitely. I mean... Lord knows he gained like 45 pounds when he was here eating all like Gus's fried chicken. lost stuff. 45 since he's been here. You know, and then like. Coincidence? But, I think not. But, you know, we got rid of that, you know, Barbara's like Butch dip, whatever that thing that Butch Jones had for the player of the game every year. Y'all remember that? Where like, oh I think God. it was last year where he had like Barbara's like chip dip player of the game or some bullshit like that. We got rid of these gimmicks. We don't Fish have energy vampires anymore. We're. We're in a good place. We're no longer brick by brick. We're no longer brick by brick. We're not. It takes you know, five seconds to evaluate a play and play at another play. <laughs> like, what kind of we shit? don't, you know, we don't have players mysteriously falling on their helmet, you know, getting injured. So, like, Man. it's amazing. I mean, it really is. Two years, guys. Two years that, like, this has turned around. It's just. You know, Another crazy thing, like, it's kind of crazy seeing him come back now because uh, there's, like, a lot of guys that are at, you know, Power 5 schools, you know, Big Ten schools that, you know, Pruitt gave up on that are now entering the portal, which is kind of a coincidence. I think I think not. Um, a lot of these guys 
you know, in-state guys were never takes for proving. There's like little, you know, proof of people saying that you would literally go out after a visit in a house and go tell a staff, like, I don't want that kid. He's not good enough to play in the SEC. And then those same exact kids are now in the portal and getting pursued by our staff. Like you have Andre Turrentine. He just recently entered four-star mm-hmm. safety out of Ohio State. That guy wanted to be a ball since like the day he was he was born, like from Nashville, played at Innsworth with our now ball transfer commit, uh, Wesley Walker. I hear he's been kind of working that one hard from the Innsworth connection to kind of get him on Rocky Top. But, you know, have a guy like that. And, you know, he was passed upon. And then he goes to Ohio State. And in year two this past week, he played 109 snaps in their spring game. And, like, every article you look up about this guy, it's about how this guy is, like, one of the top star positions playing, like, a safety linebacker hybrid and that he's going to be a big, big key for Ohio State. And then um, I guess there was, like, a thing where he wasn't kind of guaranteed a starter spot. So he kind of just kind of reached out to the portal. And I feel like that's kind of like any local team obviously has a chance, but I feel like if you were to start anywhere, I would start with Tyrion team because like you see guys like Wesley Walker and a lot of in-state guys right now, I feel like you go and get a piece like that. It's like a perfect kind of addition to the class. I like that we're going after all these safeties. I mean, we've talked about just how much we needed that. Jalen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trash any kid here. But we saw what happened in the last uh, last couple games of the season and what happened in the bowl game and on that final drive when, you know, there was like three touchdowns in 14 seconds. Like we saw what happened, but I'm not going to trash him. It's just mind-boggling to me that we had a guy's our head coach that thought, like, I'm, I'm going to try to say this as calm as possible because I'm not trying to lose it. But, like, that we had a guy that said that this kid wasn't good enough to play in the NBA. But Ohio State was going after him. Like, just think about that for a second. Like, Ohio State was going after this kid. Like, don't you think, like, oh, wow, maybe if Ohio State is going after him, maybe this kid's actually all right. It's maybe not that bad. Like, but, you know, once again, he thought, like, freaking Slaughter, well, you know, Danico Slaughter, whatever his name was, was good. And he also thought Warren Burrell was more of a good enough. No disrespect. <laughs> Appreciate you give your all. But, like. I mean, we, we got to talk about the talent difference, guys. I mean, it's just – like, I, I still haven't gotten over that Purdue game. I haven't. I never will. Like, because that was – I haven't either, man. I haven't forgot about, like, the, the last – like, I remember the game a lot, but, like, the final five minutes, every time I think about the game, I remember the final five minutes and, like, nothing in between, nothing before that, just because of, like, my experience with a lot of Purdue fans. It wasn't – it wasn't a bright experience. I – uh when I made the, the worst mistake of my life, I, were, I went on Vivid Seats and I saw the map one way and then I went on Ticketmaster. So I ended up on the Purdue side and then I had to go back and forth with Purdue fans the whole time. And let me tell you, I saw this group of women, like maybe five women, no men in sight in their row, in their group. And they were the most, it was the worst experience of my life. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with Warren Burrell and other players. And, you know, I'm not just going to put it on him because we did have a lot of depth issues. Like we got to think about it. You got a safety and linebacker. It was, that entire yeah, I mean, it was the entire, entire secondary, but they, like, they they rolled in a walk-on quarterback that, like, threw, like, 55,000 yards against us. Without their star. Like, the guy just was just nailing everything. It was just, like, it was embarrassing. But We had Purdue members on this podcast talking about how we were going to smoke them and how we were going to win, and it wasn't going to, like, you know, like, it, it's just crazy to me. And then, you know, like, they're like, oh, it's going to be close, and, you know, da, da, da. And then, you know, how it went, like, I just, that's the biggest thing. I feel like that's kind of key to go out there, get a guy like uh, Andre Turrentine. If you can get involved there, man, a guy that was going to be a huge piece for, you know, like a team that 
yeah, they lost to Michigan last year, but Ohio State was like, you know, they're still a really, really good team, really, like well-coached team. So you come in here, you're going to be well-coached. You're from the state, Innsworth native. You got people in your ear. I feel like there's no reason. A lot of balls shouldn't push super, super hard there, see something coming soon, because I feel like, I said it like a, on the past episodes, most of these kids, when you enter the portal, you kind of know where you're going. So, but I think if you can add them there, the Vols, you know, they want him. And then you got Brew McCoy. Uh, I think he has to do something by May 1st because of the rule. Like everyone's going to have to be entering over the next three days. And Tennessee has been really, really quiet in the portal. But if you look at names like Turrentine, Brew McCoy, uh, Marquise Irvin from Minnesota, the running back there. Uh, they're gonna have to make some moves here soon. Like you got five spots and a lot of depth that needs to be filled, especially on the defensive side, especially at safety and linebacker. So we just, I'm interested to see how it goes there. I just want to say, since y'all brought up Purdue again, how is anyone even remotely concerned about how we're gonna open the season, given how we ended the season and what we've lost? Like I keep on getting so excited, and then. A thought just popped up, and I'm like, dude, what if it's kind of trash? We open up. I think I think it's smart how they did it. We're I think it's I think it's really smart how they did it. They went how they did last year. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, starting off on a Thursday game again, September 1st against Ball State in Neyland. The game got moved up a couple of days, so that must mean like there's really good things about the Neyland Stadium renovation. Uh, you're gonna have a brand new Neyland Stadium. I feel like that alone especially being year two and all the recruiting hype by then, like that place should be packed, even though it's on a Thursday. Um, this year we got Hendo Cinco going to be getting the starting nod in the first game of the year. We still put up 38 points on a, I mean, an awful Bowling Green team last year, but I don't expect Ball State coming in to be any different. So I feel like if you start off on a Thursday, you got all that attention, all that national TV. I think Pittsburgh actually ironically plays on the same day as us this year to start off the week. So like there's no advantage there going into week two, but I feel like week one, like there's no reason you shouldn't come in, have a rebound game, get all that stuff from last year, the Purdue game, Ole Miss, get that out of the way, come in here, just go out there, dominate on offense, and hopefully you have some guys and additions. And I know we're really banged up at corner. We're talking about how bad we are at corner. Like I think there was like 10 DBs that didn't practice in spring that should be able to go in fall. So I, I'm kind of worried there and defensive-wise, but I think they've been making the most what they can just out of injury. But – other than that, there's no reason why we shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ball State's they're awful. I mean, they're just not a good football team. But it's good to have, you know, play Thursday night, even though I hate Thursday night games with a passion just because nothing beats a Saturday. And you can't, you know, you can't pregame as much on Thursday as you can on Saturday. Of course. But um, I think one of the reasons why they moved is because of the fact, like Brando said, that Pitt's playing on Thursday night as well. So now we don't have a disadvantage, which is huge, I feel like especially going on the road, but this isn't going to be the same pit team as last year. Like, you know, they're losing Kenny Pickett, who's, a, I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks they've had in a long time. And they got a good replacement under that kid from uh, Southern California, but there's still going to be a drop-off there. And it's still a very winnable game. It's just, you know, and luckily for us, like, even if we don't somehow win that game, we still play Akron the week after, and you still got a lot of good momentum going towards Florida, which – this is the most winnable game we've had, I think, against Florida in years. Now, Grant, I feel like I say this every year, but, like, genuinely with going with all the factors and how much we have coming back at offense, we should – I mean, we should win that game. But I'm worried a little bit about that defense. As Brando said, we had a lot of guys out in the secondary, and there's still some depth issues, which, you know, Heupel and his staff are 
trying to fix with the 2023 class, but I still think they should be able to bounce back and we should at least be at least be two and one, if not easily three and oh going into Florida. I fully agree. I was curious on y'all's takes just because I've I kind of thought about it and I was just having like mixed emotions. I do feel I feel last year I was one of the only people who said we would lose to Pitt. And, but this year, they've lost so many starters and key components. I feel like we beat them for sure. Um, I agree. We should definitely be at the minimum two and one. But I fully see us going in three and zero oh and beating Florida and then being four and zero. Oh, that'd be the dream. But I'm I'm not worried about the Thursday night game because I always plan my vacations around that holiday. So. I think I'll be there Thursday night and then I'll be at the beach for like seven days and then come back and have the weekend to recover. Oh, it must be nice. Oh yeah. It'll be nice. Gotta think ahead. I planned that in like February. Well, I mean, we got there. The beach does sound nice. I mean, I wonder how Tony Valtello felt. I wonder if he went out to the beach the first two games. Probably not. He was there, just like at the, I think it was like the late balls like tennis match they had in the tournament, and he was there like on the court, just like just staring like a hawk, like at these girls. Like I'd be terrified, even even as small as he is, I'd be still be like scared shitless having Tony Vitale just stare me down while I'm doing something. Facts, facts. Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention uh, the pit thing. I just now remembered. Like we should definitely beat them because I think it was like 21 grad transfers they had compared to like R7. And a lot mm-hmm. of those guys were like super seniors, especially on their defensive line and defense. And Pat Narduzzi is known for his defense, which kind of did give us all the problems. It wasn't really their offense and how crazy they went on the offense. It was a kind of low scoring game in the second half. Like we kind of came back and, you know, held them off. But their defense was very, very, you know, elite and kind of well established. Like they've been playing for years. So to have that experience and then go to a team that's kind of younger and in the ACC, I don't see them coming out and living up. Like they're like number nine right now in the rankings, like preseason rankings. I, I just don't see that sticking. If there's like a couple of teams, Pitt's definitely one of them. I don't see like living up to their rank right now. But I think there's no reason you shouldn't go out there and start 5-0. and Like, I don't know. Yeah, what, you what? Got, who's after L- uh, oh, – I, I, I said last episode, Drew. What? Listen, 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 Drew. I said last episode. We're going into Neyland. We're beating Florida. And then the next week, we're going and taking the country out of Brian Kelly's voice. We're going to beat him in Baton Rouge. No. No? No. Tell me why. Tell me who's gonna who is Brian Kelly gonna throw out there on offense to go out there and defeat Tennessee that you're confident can come out here and beat us. Dude, the last time that we beat LSU on the road was like when freaking Eric Ainge had his head crashing this like his skull crushing that field goal post in two thousand five and we had Rick Clawson out there. I just like we don't play well against West opponents. We just don't. Like I like there's no reason out like any logical reason for us to think that we're going to beat LSU on the road. That is one of the toughest places to play in college football. That's tougher than playing at Alabama, at the Swamp, at Georgia. I don't care. We're not winning that game. The football gods will do anything possible to make sure we don't win that game. Because, my God, if we are fi- if we win that game and then we go, I think we play, what was it, Missouri the next week, we're like, we're talking about 6-0 and going, going to, to Atlanta. I know. No, I'm Drew, not. I'm, Drew, you're I, telling me, you're telling me if the season rolled around right now, it's not April 27th right now. It's September, it's October 10th. And uh, we've, we're right now, it's like 4 0. We're going in to play LSU or whatever, whatever day it is in September, October. And we're like 4 0. 
about to go in and play LSU in Baton Rouge. And the game got announced as a noon game. And it's not a night game in Baton Rouge, just a regular old noon game, kind of like us playing Auburn a couple of years back in the Pruitt area. And we go out there and we upset them because they have no offense. Thoughts? Well, first of all, if it was October 10th, I would already know that we were 4-1 because they play on October 1st. Second, if it was a noon game, that's 11 a.m. kickoff over there, So, which our players are not used to and not prepared for. So we would have a disadvantage at that point as well. So I no. think we're actually better in noon games than night games. All their, all their practices are like 7, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Like they're super really like oriented, orientated to practice, like how they do with spring practice and all that. I feel like night or noon games are better than night games because you go out there, you went out there against South Carolina, Missouri, and you put up 60 on them during noon games. Who else did you drop 60 Missouri on in the regular game? Awful. Like literally my like high school, like alumni high school in Georgia could have scored 45 points on Missouri's defense. They were atrocious last year on defense. That run defense was kind of awful. But we should have scored like 80 on them. That was the thing. It's like we kind of like let off the brakes on the third and fourth quarter. We should have scored 85 points on them easily. That's true. We're not we're not beating at the shoe. Okay, we're like just, no, we're just. Hold it. Just chill. Just, let's just be grateful if we beat Florida, okay? Like, let's just be grateful if that happens. We're beating Florida. I see it 100%. I was there the last time. But I just – It makes sense. It doesn't – but that's not that's, that's the point. Like, it doesn't matter if it factually makes sense that we beat Florida. Like, Florida lost to Georgia Southern, like, several years ago, and they still beat us by two touchdowns. So – this game is just one of those games that never make any sense. And for some reason, Florida always finds a way to have their season, like best season performance against us every single season. Like, not, this, not this season. Fuck that energy, Drew. Fuck that energy. I'm being a realist. I'm saying, low. I'm over here no. confident. We got negative right. Drew over okay. here. Right. That's fine. That's fine. And then when I see both of you on voluntary reaction getting all redneck angry and crying on there, I'm going to be like, I fucking told you to. Like, nah, I just... We're going we're gonna to be in kneeling together. It's going to be the Vols ATV crew pre-game and post-game. It'll be lit. Yes. And then, and then after it happens, I'm going to tell Drew. I'm going to timestamp this and clip this. I'm going to tell Drew I told you so. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, I got people all the way from Europe that are flying in for this game. So it's a big deal. A big oh, deal. LSU? Yeah, no, not for LSU, for Florida. Uh, yeah, got people flying in from the UK for this game. So, like, they, it's it's going to be the biggest game of the year. But I'm I'm prepared to be heartbroken, though. So I'm just saying, if you lock down Cedric Tillman, you got to go out there and go down there and lock down Brew McCoy on the other side of the field. I got, like, two grown-ass men, and you got a, a way-upgraded Jalen Hyatt. You got a running back room that's Jabari Small healthy. You got J- Justin Williams-Thomas, who we had on the show. You got Jalen Wright. Like, I just don't see a reason if you can get the guys on defense in these next couple of days and throughout the process. There's no reason why you shouldn't go out there and have the best offense in the nation. Like, Josh Heupel, if you look at his stats and we rave about his stats and what he's done before, every single time and every second season, he jumps. Every quarterback he has, they jump. Every single person they have, they jump in the next year. This will be the first time if he's ever had a team and staff that's been gifted to him that he hasn't made a, a significant jump the second year. So, if you go out there and have an offense and you have Hinton Hooker out there, like you're scoring 40 points a game. I just don't see, you know, if you have any kind of upgrade on defense, I don't see teams being able to score that much as us. How are we going to stop? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm going to stop them. To- I mean, like, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to judge it off last year, we gave up what 45 a hit. We gave up, what was it 49 points, 52 points to like Purdue and gave up like 79,000 passing yards as well. Like, and, yeah, you know, gave up, like, almost four, 500 yards of offense on Vanderbilt. Like, I'm not – I'm playing devil's advocate here. 
How, how are they going to stop us? How are they going to stop us? If I'm going, if I'm going for a fucking shootout here. I'm taking hype and the guys uh, over anybody. Look, guys, like I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. We're gonna have an amazing offense. Like the offense can be great, but like there's a lot of questions that need to be answered on defense. And I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna drink the Kool Aid. I've drank Kool Aid for too damn long, and it hasn't worked. So I'm gonna try to be realistic. You know, you know what's the best thing about life? If you stay, if you stay pessimistic as possible, you won't be disappointed. No, That's- I mean you're right. I'm realistically, yeah. taking taking the orange taking the orange glasses off, I'll be honest. Like you look at the linebacker position, and then you look at the safety position. You just lost Theo Jackson. Uh, you obviously saw what you had there last year in the in the game and. You know, against Purdue, and then you also you know what you have coming in, but that's next year. Like you just got a safety commit, but what is Sylvester Smith going to do for you right now? Nothing. It's the twenty twenty three has to play a senior year, so a lot of that help is not going to be coming right now. But what can help is if you go in there and you you know take advantage of a guy that Purdue was like, uh, I don't want you on, and come and bring him. He has four years of eligibility. I'll be confident knowing there's at least one extra body there. But when you talk about like the linebacker room and the, and the safety room, you got. What Juwan Mitchell and Jeremy Banks, but after that, what do you have? You got Solon Page and Aaron Beasley. I'm sorry, like I love those two guys in the second team, but if you're like going to be an elite SEC defense, like one, you have to have more than just two average linebackers. Like we saw, we don't know what we're going to get out of Juwan Mitchell. So linebacker definitely scares me. Losing an experienced guy like Theo and having like Jalen McCullough out there and fucking uh, Burrell on top of like Wesley Walker. And if you do land Tarantine, that room gets a lot, lot better. And then, the, you know, I, I'm really confident in the corners. But other than that, like, I can see what you mean. But I do – I'm really confident about our D-line and the, uh, the edge rushers going into next year. I think Rodney Garner and Eck, I feel like that might be our best group. And I don't know if that does or does not. But, like, a lot of times last year, we didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. And I wonder what our DBs can do if we do get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, we signed – I think it was – you know, we signed a couple good four-star defensive end, you know, edge rushers as well. And I feel like Elijah Simmons is going to make, you know, a big step. And Tyler Barron, too, coming back is huge. But, I mean, guys, we just – we got – we got – we got to pipe down. All right, like, I know we're all in the baseball hype, you know, the you know, great basketball season. Like, that's awesome. You know, athletics-wise, Tennessee is training up. Let's just be realistic a little bit. All right, we're not going to go five zero. So, Brando, let's let's stop that talk. I'm not going to let you go in your little deep dive and you know go in your like you know. Not going to let that happen. I'm going to save you. I'm going to. I will risk our show, Brando, okay. for this for this take. But and everyone's going to come back and be like that one guy. From <laughs> no, Vols the hell ATV. you won't. He like everyone's going to mention that one guy from Vols ATV, Brando. He said we're going five and zero. I'll take the slander any day. Fuck it, we're going five and zero. I'm just just prepared to be disappointed. I mean, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel sorry for how great when, would it be if we do nothing in the portal? Like if we don't say we don't land any guys at linebacker and all you do is like land like a guy like Turrentine and you do miss on like every single edge rusher you went after and every single like linebacker because they did miss a lot at the edge. Like you got Jared Verse, uh now uh Daryl Jackson, um, some more guys at edge, like that one Maryland guy, like they did reach out to him. So like that's three in a row. You got no help in pretty much any position but the safety, like with Wesley Walker. I, mean, I wonder if, like, as it goes on, if you don't get anyone, like, significantly, like, really good in the portal, you kind of just go out there and kind of fill in the gaps with guys that might be able to give you, like, a series or two or, you know, just bring a guy in and then process them out. Like, do you want to kind of bring that in or do you not want to kind of risk that relationship in the locker room, just kind of, like, recycling guys to get depth? Like, you know what I mean? 
because obviously you need the help obviously and like it's not wins aren't just going to come by himself but like do you want to risk you know if the guys aren't good enough or they don't have you know more than two or three years like do you want to go out there and just grab them to plug them in and play I mean, but, like, you got to have depth, man. I mean, this defense is going to play 90, 95, 100 plays a game because it's just how fast this offense is. Like, you got to have guys that be able to rotate three or four different rotations that can play at a consistent and high level as well. Like, our starting 11 defense is good, right? But yeah. when you go to those, like, backups and third strings, that's where the talent difference between us and a lot of those other teams that we face in the SEC, that's what kills us more than anything else. And, like, you got to get depth. I mean, like, you know, you might risk a, that relationship or maybe that vibe in the locker room with the coaches may affect it, turn negative, turn sour, but that's a risk you got to take. I mean, that's a risk that all those other programs take, whether if it's Alabama, Georgia, whomever, like, because they go off the depth, they try to get the talent as much as possible. So, I mean, you, you have to on defense. I mean, I'm sorry, you have to on linebackers. I don't, I don't think it's an issue if they get the right guys and know that they're all in it to win, which, sorry, but I just like to win, and I think that's the goal here, then you do whatever it takes and whatever your team needs of you, and if that means that that happens, then that just fucking happens. Nut up, and then when we have some depth, it's not going to happen, and the best person will have the spot. But until then, you're just going to have to do your part, and it may not be pretty right now. That's just the way it is. At least maybe you can have some of our massive pool of NIL money to comfort yourself. You work hard enough. Hey, that is true. Uh, one thing I want to see different from the defense going into next year probably would be, I think after like every first down that offenses did get on us, I think you just kind of had in the back of your mind, like, all right, they're going to score this drive. Like they're just going to score it. Cause our defense, they were kind of key on, you know, getting quick stops after going out there and you play so quick on offense. And then especially in the Kentucky game, that kind of worried me like teams, if you do play with tempo, they kind of used it to get against us. They just ran it down our throats for like however so long and they know our guys are going to get tired as the game goes on. If like, you know, if you don't have those kind of depths on the team, I can see where Drew, you know, is coming from of guys just being on the field for so long and getting, you know, touchdown after touchdown scored on them. It's going to happen. Like you're going to go out there and not have, you know, quality depth, but if you can get a second or third team, that's where it kind of changes. Cause you, like Drew mentioned, like our first team defense, you probably go out there and compete with everybody, but you're going to be on the field 20, 25 plays in that first drive, second drive gas, Hendon Hooker's going to go out there and throw a bomb on the first play and score. So you're going to have to go right back out there 15 seconds later. Like, how do you kind of adapt to that? And I think that's kind of key where Drew's coming in. Like, if we're going to be scoring like this, it's going to be a shootout every game, and that's not going to benefit us in SEC play like we saw what happened later in the year. But It's just it's a hard reality that we have to face, guys, okay? Like, there's just something that we're going to have to build on the recruiting spectrum is that we got to have depth on defense. I mean – you can watch – I mean, that Kentucky game is a perfect example where we just – our defense was completely exposed. And I literally – Hendon Hooker and that offense was the only reason why we won that game. And, like, you know, I know it's, like, way his offense is designed, but, like, that's a really important thing that we have to, like, focus on in the future is getting some good quality depth. And, again, I mean, that's just why we're not going 5-0. So, I mean, it's just uh, – I don't know what to tell you guys, but I'm just – that's just – I just have to say that in the group text, we were like, yeah, this is going to be a quick 35-minute show. And solidly over an hour. And I'm just like, how do we do this every time? Honestly. We need to have show notes today. I don't know. I've got to hop off of here somewhat soon. Yeah. That's what I was going to kind of hint at. We're talking so much about football. 
We talked about recruiting. Uh, I hinted at it the last two episodes, the Memorial Day weekend. Like more and more news is kind of coming out there. If a lot of y'all follow uh, Hayes Fawcett on Instagram or Twitter, you saw the news today that, you know, Tony Mitchell, five-star former Vol commit, who's committed or not committed anywhere right now, kind of a Gators and a Bama lean. That was a Bama and Gators race. But Tennessee's, you know, got their way in there. Five-star corner 2023. Guy was formerly com- uh, committed to the Pruitt staff and decommitted after the whole fiasco there. But he really does love Tennessee, uh, plays a lot of seven-on-seven ball and is, like, really, really close with Nico and all them through that kind of uh, scene. So, you know, if you've got that guy in your ear, a five-star quarterback, and you were once committed, obviously there's love there. To see that Tennessee's kind of back in that race, whether it's NIL or not, or however, whatever's, you know, the relation to it, like, that's kind of key to that. But in my mind, like, you want to get guys here. You want to get depth. You got five-star Davian Bradley probably coming here on Memorial Day weekend. You got five-star wide receiver Cardinal Tate, five-star D lineman uh, Vic Burley, you got defensive guys like Tamari and Parker, all the DBs we're after. Like, it's absolutely crazy what you're doing on defense. And then on offense, you still got guys coming in like Brandon Ennis, five-star wide receiver, four-star wide receiver Noah Rogers, Jeremiah Cobb at the running back position. Like, if you want depth, like we all talked about, we need depth, we need depth. And it's going to come over class. But I wonder if we're going to be patient if we don't get it all done and just reload transfer portal after transfer portal. Like, Hype's going to have to get his guys, and that's what's going to have to happen. But it's going to be year in, year out. Like, it's a it's a full-on high school. It's a full-on year cycle. Like, you got to keep guys in the boat. But the fact that you can look at this list and all the guys that Tennessee's going to be hosting and be like, dang, Tennessee this year might land over six to seven five-star recruits in 2023. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is absolutely crazy. And it's talking about, like, year two all so earlier. It's just crazy what he's doing and getting the list here. Like, it's the biggest list in probably 20 years. Uh, that'll easily be the greatest recruiting class we've ever had if we manage oh. to get seven five stars. I mean, not even Alabama and those type of programs get that many five stars. Like that would be, I don't think words can describe how monumental that would be for Josh Heupel and his coaching staff. I'm saying, I'm saying like at least four to five. Like I'm not going to say you know six to seven is kind of like ridiculous A and M level last year. Like I don't see that being a, a factor. But like the rankings, like this class composite wise averages out like way better than the 2022 class it's just crazy the talent that's out there this year i mean even with four or five though it's still easy yeah, yeah. as we've had in over 20 years i mean like not even close you know right. so i call it a ridiculous shot on the five and no part but i'm letting you know that tennessee is signing a top five class this year and maybe it's five I, number five or number six but i, I 100 certain that tennessee signed the top five class yeah i'll agree with that Five and zero, oh, not happening this year. But I'll agree with the top five class. We get one five. Let's go. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I I like the class. I I think it's huge. But I think, I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards Drew's side. I guess I feel a little bit concerned. I'm not gonna say we beat LSU at LSU. But we have like so many months before we even need to be talking about this. And it's been two and a half, two or three shows now that we've rambled on and on. And it fucking cracks me up. It's such a like, I mean, it's such a thing. We're already ready for it. We're not even in May. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think everyone, you know, watches for the rambling and stays for the nugs and the very valuable information that we do have on the show sometimes. Sometimes it's worth it, but. Other than that, it's going to be like a Jeff Jeremy Pruitt or a Jeff Massis kind of scenario. And I'm not going to let that man slide. I said before the show, I was going to cover Jeff Massius. I'm going to cover Jeff Massius, the baseball empire. This man, back at it again, doing the absolutely horrendous. I just wanted the Vols fans to know 
uh, if you're thinking about Jeff and what he's been doing after our series against Alabama, he's been being Jeff and doing horrendous. So there's your uh, Jeff Massius ATB update. Guys, don't don't do anything to him. Don't any refs in general. Don't don't go after them at the airport. Don't like send them like suspicious packages at their house. Fucking... Don't say anything vulgar to them in public. We already got a horrible reputation as a fan base. And I mean, I'm just saying this is a state speech for the entire Vol fan base. Do not do that. That, <laughs> look, that looks really bad. I mean, really bad on us. So, but yeah, he's a garbage. He's a garbage umpire, though. I agree. I just you know want to say, I, I doubt anyone in their fucking right mind would be thinking about Jeff at all. Like, if you're thinking about Jeff tonight, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. I I have no clue. I, I had to mention it because I was on Twitter, and it was, like, the one thing that I saw. I saw Arkansas fans tweeting, and I was like, well, I'll be damned. Tennessee baseball fans and Arkansas baseball fans finally agreeing on something, and it's about Jeff Massey's being terrible at his job. So I, I definitely wanted to uh, throw that out there as we ended, and then I wanted to kind of end it off with this Larry question. Uh, he asked who's going to be the next signee in the 2023 class, probably – in my opinion, I know Drew's over the Larry slander. We've been, we've had enough of Drew today. Not Drew, but Larry. About Larry. This, this is just dumb. I mean, like, literally, it throws everything off about the show. I mean, Larry, I mean, we appreciate it. But if you want to, like, put in, like, that much effort and give him comments every five minutes, how about you just come on the show next time? I mean, just, you know, just give us a DM on the Twitter, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll set it up for you because uh, – Honestly, you kind of replaced Alex's spot here to, tonight. I mean, with all your comments. This man, Alex, wanted to have an education and, you know, you know, get his students work for the money he pays in student loans. Like, it's absolutely horrendous, his unfaithfulness of all his ATV lately. I mean, he came on last week, missed a couple of episodes. But I think, you know, Larry, we might have to hop in your DMs and have a little interview here because uh, I don't know if Mr. AI over there is cutting it, but. Yeah, so get there. Answer his question. Ready for us? Get a nice little cover letter. You know, tell us why you'd be great job. Like we really all ATV resume. Like we take it very serious over here. So uh, I'll be expecting a response in three to five business days. But to answer his question, um, I think the next signee, you kind of been doing everything at like D line and offensively. I think it probably has to be a defensive guy. Like he just landed Caleb Herring and Sylvester. I wouldn't be surprised if like it's another DB. I look at guys probably close like. Probably Zach Myers, that uh, four-star DB out of South Carolina, that could probably be one. Or, you know, some other guys like, I don't know, probably just – I think Zach Myers, Brandon Strozier, a lot of guys in defense are probably guys to watch that are probably close. Christian Conyer, uh, I think they're trying to probably lock down that DB class and get that kind of rolling. Um, I think as it goes on, you'll probably see more like the linebackers and defensive line because I think – there's a lot of guys that they're after on defensive line and linebackers that are being like really sought out after hard schools like LSU, Georgia, like CJ Allen. He's definitely a take at Georgia if he wants to be there and balls are definitely battling there. So if you can go in there, not all the guys are going to be like Sylvester and just commit straight up until these other schools know, like they're going to be in some really, really long battles. But I think overall, like Tennessee, like the recruiting scenario in general is going to be ridiculous. I think in May, probably get like four or five commits. Probably it's going to be crazy 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 month and that's not including transfers like you got three transfers on the way that's pretty awesome i just want to say i kind of like the idea of having a listener come on the show i think that'd be pretty badass <laughs> <laughs> i don't hate it but i don't know about you know no. for the, for the... 
for the sanity of Drew and his. I just wanted. I just wanted to chat Drew's ass. I love all of our listeners, though. Give Larry a break, man. I mean, shout out to Larry for listening. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, I mean, wrong step, wrong first step he had over there with that uh, you know, uncalled for comment on the show. Just unbelievable. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, what does he got to say now? Nothing. I was just trying to. <laughs> this, this comment right here. For fuck, fucks, bro! I didn't know this was a feature until today, and I am absolutely in love with this feature. Oh I, my god! Here, here's a new comment. Oh my god! Go to hell, man. Larry versus Drew. Everyone wanted the the Andy versus whoever rap battle. The Andy versus whoever battle. I'm going to the bank. Larry versus Drew. We gotta book it. Oh my god, that'd be Red. funny. Larry I mean, I'm versus Drew, word for word, bar for bar. Yeah. Just give me a play. Let's go. Give the Vols ATP Vol quest. Put it behind a paywall and call today. We we appreciate you, Larry. Whatever you. Yeah, definitely, definitely made the episode a lot more fun and kind of filled in a lot of time. I expected to be like thirty minutes in Bitcoin, y'all. So, <laughs> not gonna lie. But other than that, you know, a lot of just transfer portal stuff. We got the best baseball team in the country football and basketball they're kind of rebuilding and finding their team before the season starts next year so other than that we just got to enjoy the ride with tony vitello and the boys man it's just have fun with it even though it's kind of making me feel some type of way about our other athletics you know but we're going five and oh we're going fucking five and oh oh my god oh man y'all are killing me i gotta dip off of this thing y'all yeah. can argue about five and oh all not no, no. I made my point clear. I've made my argument clear. I've made my yeah. stance very, very clear. Yeah, I just look out for a commitment from a Tarantino like the next week. Brew McCoy probably May 1st. Uh, I think we might get two transfers in the next five days. There's my little nug to end the show off with. But other than that, I'm, I'm happy how we end it here. All right. Well, I guess I'll close this out then. Make sure if you are in Knoxville or surrounding areas of Knoxville, get out there to Lindsey Nielsen this weekend. Watch Tony and the boys hopefully kick Auburn's ass. Good top 25 minutes, so that's exciting. Um, I'll be there Friday. I don't know about the other days, but I know I'll be there Friday. So if you see me and you aren't going to be an asshole, come say hi. Amen. <laughs> Anyone else have anything to add? No, we're just going five and out. All right. Have a good night, y'all. Good night, good night, good night. All right. All right, good night. I'm out.